Narrative is an important thing. Narrative drives how we see the world. Narrative gives us opinions on what we see. And generally, news outlets are here to give us facts so that we can construct a narrative from the facts that we see. Lately, they've been a lot more concerned with giving us a narrative and giving us facts to go along with that narrative while not giving us the facts that go against the narrative. So I'm going to be talking about that on the show today. I'm going to be demonstrating that in quite a few ways, so let's get into it. So, narrative, as I say, is extremely important. It drives everything um, that we do, that we think, all that stuff. So, how, you know, what what is the narrative that we are being fed? And what effect is it having? Well, <clears throat> I got some rather interesting messages from a guy uh, right here in Grand Haven, actually. Um, I won't release his name publicly. You could probably go on... Um, you know, my Facebook, and you can see it all. But this guy, because I think that we should be protesting these lockdown orders, and because I think that the risk isn't necessarily high to young people, I think there is a good chance of antibodies being built up in the younger generation or the younger uh, people, and then we can transfer that to older people. Because I think that he feels the need to go on this uh, profane rant um, where he demeans me, you know, says I'm a. I mean, he's obviously sexist because he calls me, um, you know, a derogative word for, you know, the, the lady's reproductive area. Um, so he calls me that. He may just be calling me a scaredy cat or he's just calling me a woman. You know, either way, I'm going with sexist because, you know, we always assume the worst motives of people, right? That's how we conduct policy and politics, you know, in, in Michigan now. So he's going to assume that I am, I, he, well, he actually says, I, I think you're stupid and have no concern for others. Uh, that in itself gives me a reason to say, don't be a chicken be responsible for your own actions and don't come crying later when they don't work out like you thought. So he's like, I'm going to send a, a letter to Grand Haven Hospital saying that you shouldn't be admitted. So I don't say this because, you know, I don't bring this up because, you know, I want to cry about it. I'm bringing this up because this is the climate of politics in Michigan right now. This is how divided we are as a people. I... I and proposing perfectly reasonable things. Businesses should be able to open up. We should be allowed to take risks and assess risks on our own. We should be a free people to do that. That's not unreasonable, given the data that we have that the virus is only deadly to the elderly, those with pre-existing conditions, and certain um, populations that are you know, living right on top of each other, all in cramped spaces. It's not particularly deadly to most people in most areas. 
because not every area is Grand Rapids or New York City or Detroit. Um, Florida has been having great success with reopening. Everybody said uh, multiple weeks ago, five, six, seven weeks ago, that Florida was going to be the the next epicenter, that if they didn't shut everything down, people were going to be dropping left and right. And Florida is doing pretty well, okay? So that's the importance of narrative because narrative is what brought this man to the point where he was like, well, you don't deserve treatment if you're going to go out and willingly participate in society and you catch this virus. You do not deserve treatment. So what narrative specifically am I talking about now that I've given a little bit of backstory? Well, the narrative is that the lockdowns are saving lives, okay? That's the narrative that we've been given by both Gretchen Whitmer and a lot of people in the media, MLive, um, the Detroit Free Press, um, a, just a lot of those news sources. You know, even Fox News has has reported that Governor Whitmer has said it. I don't know that they've they've actually uh, said anything about. You know what? I, I've I've looked for criticisms of that claim. Because I mean the, the obvious criticism as a as as a rational person I'm you know I think um, I I have some fe- mental faculty uh, and and I would say well if the lockdowns are saving lives whose lives are we saving and is there a better way to save those lives than shutting down the entire economy that's that's what a normal person would ask I I am pretty convinced that the governor has not been asked that if somebody has an article, you know, to share with me that um, disputes that, I would gladly accept that. But my point is that the main narrative, the main thing that has been pushed is the lockdowns are saving lives. Now, Gretchen Whitmer is specifically ignoring those protesters because that is her narrative and they are questioning it. I've heard this question among them. I've expressed this question on the show. And Governor Gretchen Whitmer has got almost nothing but we're saving lives. So, you know, I guess shameless plug for the podcast. Uh, We're here to uh, not allow the the crazy left-wing narrative to be... Because now it's it's almost back to politics as normal. Uh, We're almost through this thing. Governor Whitmer can't keep her stranglehold down on the economy for very much longer. Um, she already looks extremely foolish politically. Um, weekly protests in the Capitol, sometimes two, three a week. Um, protests all over Michigan, sparking. Um, she does not look good. No matter how well the national media portrays her, she's not looking very good politically. All right, I've been to some of the protests. I have reported live from them. Um I've met a lot of the people in them. They're honest, you know, people that are concerned about small businesses. They are concerned that they've seen more damage from Governor Whitmer's policies than they have from the coronavirus. So, and that is the narrative that MLive, um, the Detroit News, click on Detroit, Detroit Free Press, um, that is the narrative that they don't want you hearing because it runs counter to their political beliefs. We've seen a lot of, you know, news coverage that is very pro uh, Whitmer. Um, I've shown reporters throwing her just softball questions. 
uh, asking her, in fact, if her uh, political opponents are sexist. Uh, these are not practices of a journalist, of a reporter, of news. These are the practices of partisan hacks and uh, would-be reporters. Excuse me. So this is why narrative is so important because this dude in Grand Haven is going crazy that a bunch of people are down at the beach protesting a ridiculous order to close the beach when pretty much every study shows that the beach is a pretty good place to be out in the sun, not cooped up with other people. The beach is fine. And because I want the beach is open because I'm tired of the governor and mayor and all the other tin pot dictators. You know, I'm tired of them thinking that they are the legislature and they can control what public policy is. They can just unilaterally close everything. You know, because I'm tired of that, I should die. I should be refused coronavirus treatment if I get it. You know, I, I don't think I would need treatment anyway because I'm not in a high-risk category. But, you know, what? either way, this guy's going to make sure I don't get it. Okay. So that's, that's why narrative is so important. And a lot of us know that the virus is not as deadly as we were first told. So another narrative that is... And Whitmer knows the power of narrative. She obviously uses it to say, you know, we're saving lives... She, she realizes that a short little slogan that she never has to justify is a very good way to remain in power. So I was very hesitant on the show to say anything against Whitmer for the Edenville Dam breaking. Uh, I am less hesitant now to do so because I waited for the facts. They came out. Now we know what's going on. So... This is the Detroit Free Press reporting. Uh, the dam is owned by Boyce Hydro LLC. They claim that the governor or the government sued them for lowering the water levels, um, and that they were concerned about the uh, the possibility of flooding of not being able to handle too much water um, it seems that they are saying that you know for the winter they have to lower their water levels so that they can maintain the dam um, and then in the summer they raise it back up again uh, well the the government had a problem with them doing that now the their claim is again um, we do this so that we can maintain the, governor, the government's claim against them, um, more specifically, Michigan Department of Environment, Great Lakes, and Energy. That's a mouthful. So E-G-L-E for short. So E-G-L-E spokesperson Nick Asendelf is claiming, quote, Boyce Hydro and Lee Mueller the company's architect and manager, did not want to lower the level of Wixom Lake because they feared the dam could not handle a flood event, as shown by the fact that they only wanted to lower it during the winter months. They wanted to lower the lake level during the winter months because they did not want to spend the money on equipment, safety measures, and staff used by other electric hydro 
hydroelectric dams in Michigan, such as heated power washers, bubblers, on-call workers to fight ice buildup. He also disputed the claim that the company was pressured into raising lake levels. Um, he says it was Boyce Hydro that wanted to raise the lake level in the spring. That is why Boyce Hydro applied for a permit to raise the level. So it seems like this dispute would be easily remedied if we had some some sort of uh, court case, you know, against Boyce Hydro that shows that they were being pressured into raising the lake levels. So on, on its face right now, it looks like Boyce Hydro was in the right. They knew that their dam couldn't handle a flood event in the spring. If that is their claim, it seems legitimate. Okay, it seems like a reasonable claim. Um, to just say that it's the government's fault, though, would be irresponsible of me. Um, it may be that the government, I mean, the, the, either way, either way, either way this swings, the government still wanted the levels raised. It, I mean, the, the article cites or states that it filed litigation against Boyce over the issue in Ingham County Circuit Court this spring. Shortly after, Boyce sued the state in federal court over how it was regulating the dam operator. So that's all we know for right now. Um, it could potentially be the state's fault. Uh, they were getting mad at this company because I don't know, they killed a lot of freshwater mussels or something um, when they're lowering the water levels for winter. You know, I don't. I don't know how other hydroelectric uh, other hydroelectric dams operate. I'm not a hydroelectric dam operator, but it seems like maybe they would know better about how their dam should be operating than the state. I don't know. Again, I'm not a. I'm not, I'm not a hydroelectric dam operator, uh, but neither I think is Dana Nessel, um, who was talking about the fact that a lot of freshwater mussels were killed okay i mean that's that sucks sorry but now your policy of keeping that lake at its level resulted in the dam collapsing so i feel like dana nessel has to answer for that one um because by all evidence the company said they would have been able to handle it if the water levels had been lower where they wanted them. Um, so I, I don't know. We'll see if if they were pressured to apply for this thing and raise the water level. We'll have to see. So that's all we know. Um, so I can I can criticize Whitmer a little bit. Um, it's poor Dana Nassel, but, you know, whatever. So uh, another important, um, you know, kind of narrative narrative is what we're looking at there is a narrative that has been pushed by the left for a very long time and of course um a pandemic is the perfect time to scare people into doing something that you want to do so there's this piece from m live we have a broken system amid pandemic ann arbor calls for medicare for all all right this is gonna be fun so 
with tens of millions of Americans without health care, without health insurance, and filing for unemployment, Ann Arbor officials are calling for health care reform. City Council went on record this week endorsing the single-payer health insurance proposal known as Medicare for All. I don't know that we could get a better illustration of the need for universal health care than the impact of the pandemic on employment and the fact that when people need health insurance most, they're losing their jobs and their health insurance, said Councilmember Jack Eaton, Democrat, 4th Ward. Eaton brought forward a council resolution endorsing Medicare for All with co-sponsorship from Anna Bannister, Ali Ramlai, and Mayor Christopher Taylor. So, obviously, most of my listeners know that this is a horrible idea. Uh, Using a pandemic to push through something that is deeply unpopular in Michigan. You know, Donald Trump, it's, it's unpopular everywhere. Donald Trump ran on repealing Obamacare, which was Medicare for all. All right. It's not a popular idea in Michigan, but now everybody's terrified. Like this guy that, you know, was ranting at me on Facebook. Um, he's hysterical. You can tell he's hysterical because he's just hysterical. He's just, can't you see that he's hysterical and everybody's hysterical and we need healthcare and we, we need all of this stuff. And I mean, really the, the, the virus didn't cause the job loss here. So let's be honest about that. Gretchen Whitmer caused the job loss with her shutdown orders. There have been a lot of states that have stayed open. Florida is open. Florida is doing business. They're, they're, all their small businesses are open. There are a lot of states that didn't shut down. South Dakota is doing fine. Sweden, the entire country, never shut down. They're doing fine. They're doing actually comparably almost the same as everybody that did shut down. So let's be clear. The shutdowns are causing the the job loss and the loss, loss of insurance. So what is what is their solution for the government being incompetent and destroying things? Oh, more government. More of this incompetent, lumbering buffoon that can only destroy everything in his path. Let's give that. Let's give that institution power over our health care. I mean, did... Ugh. Ugh. I, I, you know, I, I guess I don't need to tell anybody how I feel about this because it's it's quite apparent. I don't think I hide it very well. Um. So it goes on with the usual narrative. The Medicare for All Act of 2019 will guarantee that all residents of Ann Arbor will be fully covered for health care without deductibles, co-pays, or other out-of-pocket costs, and would save millions in taxpayer dollars now spent on premiums that provide often inadequate health insurance coverage. Okay, so this is a fundamental misunderstanding of A, the reason for health insurance, B, the government's role in your own responsibility in your life, and see just a lack of awareness of government. The government does not give you things. You put okay. So think of this as a a some sort of machine that you know stamps parts or something, or or punches parts. All right, you put the part in. Okay, you you put the part in. It punches it. You lose some of the part, but then you get a you get a thing that is more valuable than the hunk of metal you put in. Okay, 
That's 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 the idea that we're given is we put a bunch of money into the state. They give us a better product than we would get from a from a private uh, company, which is patently absurd. The government never does anything better than private companies do, but that's what they're selling. That's what they're trying to sell. Okay, so on its face, it seems like the government is just functioning as a healthcare insurance company or as a health insurance company. What the government doesn't realize is, and what the government hasn't realized for a very long time, is how health insurance companies work. Health insurance companies are there to protect you from exorbitant bills that are totally outside of your control and totally, you know, unforeseen. Healthcare company or health insurance companies are not designed to give you every single aspect of health insurance. They are not designed or healthcare. They're not designed to pay for every single doctor visit, every single medication, every single little thing you need. That's not what they're there for. They are there to make a profit by insuring people against low probability things that could potentially happen in your life. That is called being responsible. That is, you know, I, I know people that have catastrophic coverage, which means if something unforeseen happens, say you break your collarbone and you have to go and get it, you know, healed, he can go in, he can pay. 20% of the bill that it would have been and he's got the same the same coverage from a private person he pays in cash so the the doctor doesn't have to fight with an insurance company over it it's a lot cheaper for the doctor it's a lot cheaper for my friend that had to get his shoulder reconstructed that is the idea of health insurance these government officials don't understand so they're they're taking they've they've taken a product that we've made in the, that we've crafted in the United States okay they've taken this product that gives us security and they've said every single person needs that see when you trade and and inevitably if you give the government control over something if you give them power over it you are trading your freedom you are trading your freedom to go out and get that thing on your own, to be responsible, to be an adult, and to do that. You are trading your freedom for the security that the government gives you. And as Ben Franklin said, if you will trade your freedom for security, then you deserve neither. And you will get neither. The government is not going to give you a better product than the original product that the free market gave us. Um, a lot of people are disillusioned by this narrative, that the government can give you stuff. The government cannot. It destroys everything it touches. We've document. I mean, this has been documented throughout history over and over and over. The government just is not going to do it for you. And of course, these people that are scared in Ann Arbor are turning to the government, and they're like, and the government's like, yes, yes, worship me, put me on an altar, give me all of your money, and I will determine exactly how it should be used by in all aspects of your life. And if we decide you're not that important, you know, maybe we kill you. But that's a small change. We're not going to make death panels. Come on, people. I got a little carried away there. But I mean, that's that's the sentiment. People are running to the government for um, their their salvation. And they're just not going to find it. I'm sorry, you guys. There's, there is no salvation outside of Jesus Christ. There is no perfect government outside of his coming kingdom. And, uh... Looking for that on this earth is just a fool's errand. Um, 
which brings up this this topic of this utopia, this new normal that we're supposed to be getting. A lot of people have been pushing. We can't go back to normal because normal wasn't working. We need a new normal. Well, again, it's a utopian pipe dream. They think that a new normal will get us closer to utopia, will get us closer to everybody having equal outcomes that are all good. Obviously, this this ideology has been tried in many different areas. You're never going to get to utopia. The best we've gotten so far is allowing people to be free to make their own decisions. And we've come out with a lot of great products that a lot of people just really want to buy. They want to work and, you know, obtain wealth so they can go out and buy these things, right? It's, it's a free market. It's a free system where the government's not involved. So this whole idea of a new normal, like, okay, you can, you can type into Google, new normal news. It'll come up with 100 articles. Uh, adapting to the new normal in COVID-19 era. Uh, how we're pushing the new normal. And this is what they mean. They don't mean a new normal where uh, your life looks a little bit different. They mean a new normal where the government is much more involved in your lives. And I don't like that. Uh, you may have noticed I'm, I'm a little anti-government. I'm more, you know pro-freedom than pro-government giving me things, I can go out and I can get it myself. I don't need daddy government or mommy Whitmer controlling every aspect of my life and telling me what to do. So Ann Arbor can take its single-payer health care system and they can stick it where the sun doesn't shine. Okay. So another example of a bunk narrative from the news. Uh, We've heard a lot of claims that incentivizing people to stay home from work will not actually keep them from going back to work when businesses are open, when comp- when jobs are becoming more plentiful. Uh, so, okay, we were told that that was ridiculous. Um, oh, oh, oh wait, Newsweek. Okay. Uh, headline, restaurant, Maryland restaurant owner can't get employees to return because they make more in unemployment. Wait, no, that's ridiculous. That's a that's a right-wing talking point. That's stupid. Uh, Newsweek is not necessarily a right-wing magazine. Uh, right-wing, art, you know, uh, outlet, I should say. Um, the article is exactly what it says. Uh, this restaurant owner can't get her employees to come back because they make too much on uh, unemployment. Now, restaurant employees are generally you know, for the most part, pretty young. Um, I work in a restaurant. I know this. Uh, there are some, you know, older people, but probably nobody in my restaurant is to the point where I think if they got coronavirus, they would definitely die. Um, you know, people over 65, uh, that, that is not present in our restaurant. People with pre-existing conditions, uh, maybe, I don't know. They all seem pretty healthy to me. Um, so the the idea that none of her employees can come back uh, is a little absurd. So what we're going to hear from Democrats every time we try and get people back to work or decentivize staying home is it is an attack on people. Okay, so I'm telling you preemptively what the narrative is so that when it comes up, I, I can say I was right. I can you know claim that I predicted the future. And, uh, you know, if I was wrong, I'll just shove it under the rug like Democrats do. Um, but 
So I, I'm I'm fairly certain my prediction will come true. Okay, so the, the narrative is going to be legislature attacks vulnerable people on unemployment, forces them to go back to work. Okay, that's my prediction. We'll see how long it takes for me to find a headline of that nature. Um, I don't think it'll be too long. I think I've I've seen one that was close uh, scrolling just through already. I don't I don't think I picked that one out because it wasn't worded. You know, I, I, I can't I cannot filter through every single news article. Uh, I'm just one person, so uh, unfortunately, but I'm sure I will find an article like that. So you can take me to the bank on that one. Um, we'll see if that comes true. But uh, Newsweek is reporting that you know people already. And this is a little bit of an old article too. It's like four or five days old. Um, oh, it's it's almost a week old. So that will be the narrative once the legislature, you know, is actually allowed to be part of the decision making process with Whitmer. Uh, we'll see if that actually ever happens. Um, I'm not going to talk about her last address because it was stupid. Uh, she brought up a bunch of experts that are disagreeing or that are agreeing with her and kind of groveling to her. It's kind of disgusting. Um, so a bunch of experts, they're like, oh, thank you so much, Whitmer, for allowing us to open safely and for allowing us to conduct business. And it's, it's just kind of gross. It's kind of authoritarian. It's like she's standing behind him the whole time of the club, like, you know, and it, obviously I don't think she's manipulated. I think these are people that she agrees with. Uh, she would obviously never have on somebody that disagrees with her on how she's handled this because, I mean, let's be frank. She hasn't, she hasn't done an interview where she's been pressured to, um, validate her lockdowns yet so why would she want to do that now she's already two months into this she's almost out of the woods if she can make it to where she just holds power until she absolutely has to let it go like i think she's gonna hold on to this power as long as she can because she's not she doesn't have experts that disagree with any of what she's saying she doesn't have experts that are criticizing her she's got experts that are just agreeing with her um and she's saying trust the experts uh and really, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave us with this final thought. Uh, if we allow the experts to run our country during a pandemic, why don't they just run it all the time? Why do we even need the governor? Why don't we just appoint the experts, put them in the offices? They can run our lives for us. I mean, why don't we do that? So there's a question for you. I'd love some feedback on that. Uh, we are out of time or I am out of time. Uh, so I lied about the website on Wednesday. Uh, I will have it up, uh, before Monday. I, I, all right. I swear I will stake the show on this and I want to give a huge shout out to Scott Presley. Um, he's a man from my church. Good, good Christian man. Um, very good role model for me influence. Um, you know, he wanted to support the show, so he is donating to our cause, um, I won't say how much, but he is being very generous with us. Uh, so thank you so much to Scott Presley for doing that. Uh, guys, we don't need just monetary you know, support. We need uh, people spreading our content. We need you telling your friends about us. We need the likes, the shares, uh, the, the uh, interactions on the website. Um, we need you to subscribe, share, like it. Um, you know, even even if you disagree with us, you know, maybe you know somebody that does agree that might, might you know might want to listen. Uh, so, there's our show for the week. Uh, we will be back. I know I promised a little bit longer of a show, but I'm not even going to do that. So, uh, we will be back um, next week, Wednesday. 
we'll have more information. Faith Ann's out doing some, you know, reporting and stuff. So uh, we will have articles up soon as well. Uh, articles detailing some of the things we talk about in the show, uh, linking linking stuff. It is just going to be so much easier with my own website. So, so you'll see a lot more of that coming down the pike. Possibly a store. I know that's exciting. We're going to have uh, merch to be selling. So, uh, save up, save up some money and uh, get yourself some Holmes Politicast merch. Uh, and we will be back with you on Wednesday. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll see you then.